Hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of Two Girls, One Book. Um, This is a short stories episode so we're going to rattle through some of the books that we've read in the last few weeks. Some duds and some good recommendations. So listen on Mm -hmm. to find out what is what. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to kick us off really very quickly because this is a sequel so there's not very much that I can say about it without spoiling the first in the series but I followed up from last month and read the second in the Her Majesty's Royal Coven series by Juno Dawson Um, it's a fantasy for people who don't like fantasy is how I described it in my review so it's witchcraft, um, Harry Potter adjacent kind of older millennials so they've grown up a little bit and the first book very much introduces us to the world that we're living in and the kind of core group of friends this one because we know them all allows those characters just a little bit more space to breathe which I actually really enjoyed even more than the first one so it's one of those where the second is actually better than the first so nice yeah good success I've pre-ordered the third one already so we are I'm on the HMRC train and I would encourage everybody else there's a little bit more um like world expanding in this I think that's the way the first one is always setting the scene putting you in that world especially with a fantasy book but this one I didn't think I would be able to be shocked as much as the twist from the first one but there were even more twists and turns she seems to be the queen of a a little twist so very enjoyable cool i am i'm interested in those i think i probably will attempt to get my hands on maybe paperbacks yeah um as and when they are materializing um it's the first one in paperback already yet yeah first one's yeah. out in paperback so yeah wouldn't expect it's long before the second one because i think the third one's slated for release either at the end of this year or maybe next early next year so she's okay. seems to have them ready to churn out so yeah good that's that's always a good thing with a series because we're impatient us readers yeah. so <laughs> i had to give myself cool. like a week's break in between but i was ready to jump straight into the second one but i thought you can't just absorb it all at once you've got to give yourself a bit of a it was like okay. binge watching something isn't it, it i like is. to give myself the pause in between yeah yeah but not too long a pause that you forget everything that's happened especially if you're in like a fantasy realm yeah then it takes a while sometimes to get back into it doesn't it but yeah it sounds like a good one that i think i will i will be into so, yeah yeah popping it on my list good <laughs> Um, okay, so I've I as Hannah said, I've got a bit of a we've got a bit of a mixed bunch of good and bad. I feel like I've generally had mainly positive things to say over the last sort of few months. I I felt pretty pretty good about most things that I've read. And this month I feel like I've been in a little bit of a I don't I don't know. It's it's not like a lull reading wise because I've been still getting through a lot of books, but nothing's really inspiring me. Um, I'm start. I'm going to start off with one that I did actually uh, quite enjoy, and I think I enjoyed it. I I, I enjoyed it more as I as I went along. I started thinking, mm, I'm not sure, um, and then now I th- I think I. Yeah, I'm more on board with it than than I was at the start. So this is The Miniaturist by Jessie Burton. Um, And I think 
I've not read any like proper historical fiction like this for a good while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that might be what it is. It took me a little bit of time to get back into the the, the style and the swing of it. It was a really easy read. It's really nicely written. It's set in Amsterdam and it's about a girl called Nella who marries, um, well, basically mar- marries a stranger um as as is the tradition i guess in like the 1600s you're married off aren't you and yeah usually it's to do with money and that that side of things so yeah she gets married off she she lives in amsterdam now and her present from him the the, the husband is slightly strange slightly cold you don't get much from him at the start right you find out more about him as 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 the book goes on but uh he gives her a present for uh, like a wedding present uh which is like a essentially a doll's house okay and then she engages a miniaturist to uh furnish this doll's house and then some slightly weird spooky goings on happened and then yeah so that that that's basically the the long and short of it it's following her uh discovering the secrets of the the new household that she's been thrown into um and there are plenty of secrets so yeah i it it took a while to get going for me but i ended up enjoying it quite a lot and i was i was looking in tesco the other day as as you do when you're browsing the book aisle mm-hmm. um and the sequel is uh is out in paperback as well now because um, i think that came out not that long ago no um so i think i'd be interested in in reading that because i quite want to know where it goes next okay um so yeah, I I do recommend it. Uh, I think it was a it was a lovely little book, and perhaps I was just like not quite in the right headspace right as when I started reading it. But yeah, it it was good, solid, nice. I've got um a bit of a weird one. So still on the historical fiction train, sort okay. of. Uh, this okay. is Bear Woman by Carolina Ramquist. I hope I pronounced that right. She's um. A Swedish author. This one is translated. So it's translated Swedish fiction. And she is, it's kind of a hybrid fiction, non-fiction, and told in the form of a memoir. So we have um, a narrator who is a woman who's writing a book about um, this real life woman called Marguerite de la Roque, who's known in this book as the bear woman. She's a, a real French woman, member of not quite aristocracy, but very um, upper echelons of French society. And she was deserted uh, on a remote island off the coast of Canada um, way back in 15-something and m- somehow survived for two years. Okay. So this is the sto- she's a real-life woman. That story in itself is fascinating. But because it happened so long ago... 
the fictional narrator who is researching her for this book is kind of just snippets of information she's pulling from like ancient translated French texts. Some um, element of bias in that a lot of these texts are written by men who may well have had different opinions on the reasons why she was deserted. So the theory goes that she entered into a relationship that she maybe shouldn't have and was deserted with her lover on the island. He does not survive. And when she is found two years later, um, she's the, the lone survivor of this um, island full of bears. Because it's Canada. There's bears and wolves yeah, and like okay. pretty horrible cold winters. And this rich young woman, I think she's only supposed to be kind of 16, 17, like very, very young and has somehow managed to survive in this this scenario. Um so I don't think it would be for everyone because it is a bit of a a weird concept to get your head around. She jumps between telling the real life story and then giving her personal experience of what her life is like right now. She's got um, a teenage daughter who she takes traveling with her when she's researching. So that kind of jump, not only between time periods, but between reality and fiction I think is maybe not necessarily for everyone. Sure. But it's written really, really nicely. I don't know whether it's similar to the Frederick Backman that you like that kind of straight talking Scandinavian mm -hmm. writing that I okay. think yeah. is really easy to read about a subject which actually like 15th century, 16th century France is something which I would imagine is quite hard to read about. Usually there's lots of yeah. um, long place names and titles and traditions and things that aren't familiar necessarily to us. But um, I thought it was, it's not what I was expecting at all and thought it was really, really interesting. I read it in like a day and a half, which considering the kind of heavy fact-based um, content, I was quite pleased yeah. with because I thought okay. it was going to be yeah. a kind of slog at times, but no, it was it was really good. And I all I wanted to do was just research more and more about this real life woman. <laughs> that it doesn't she, seem she, there's very much information about her, which is kind of yeah. the point of the story. So okay, yeah. really, I'd interesting. never never heard of it. So no, this was, was like a Waterstones, one of those like face out on the shelf, and it just had such right. a good cover. It's got like this amazing. I'll wave at you. Oh, Got like yeah. this kind of arresting looking face on the front. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thoroughly recommend nice. it, but just go in think, expecting it to not be quite straightforward in terms of a fiction read. Right. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, I've got another, I guess, historical fiction. Uh, this, this one is one that I picked up because people told me it would go well with one of the dresses that I posted for Friday <laughs> Frocks and Fiction. Um, but unfortunately, the edition that we have in the UK isn't the same one that the proof copies were, so it doesn't go as well. But it is still a very beautiful cover. So this is Fair <laughs> Rosaline by Natasha Solomons. I'm holding it up for Hannah to yeah. see. This means and you're going to have to in... buy a new dress that matches that cover now. Oh, well... <laughs> Maybe not. Um, so the, the, the concept of this is um, before Romeo loved Juliet, he loved 
Fair Rosaline. So she is she is a, a part of the original Romeo and Juliet, but mm-hmm. she isn't the main character, um, as we can tell by the title of Romeo and Juliet. So this is <laughs> billed as I think they say it's an untelling, not a retelling, like an yeah an un yes a subversive, powerful untelling of Shakespeare's best-known tale. Narrated by a fierce, forgotten voice, this is Rosaline's story. Okay. So I thought that the concept of it was was really interesting. Um, but I had kind of forgotten... So I, I read, uh, like most of us do, I read Romeo and Juliet at school. So that was when I was probably around about 13. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of years ago now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot of years ago and I've completely forgotten it. I haven't even, I've not watched the movie. I know that I had to watch both of the different movies mm-hmm. and read it for, at school. And I feel like it, it was, yeah, overkill. <laughs> <laughs> Romeo and Juliet overkill. Um, so I've kind of put it out of my mind until until now. I I always thought it was a bit of a crap story, if I'm being brutally honest. Given that it's like meant to be one of the greatest love stories, it's like I'm I'm not sure it is. Um, <laughs> but this did intrigue me, um, and it's basically making Romeo seem like. A bit of a baddie. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it it's definitely Juliet is very much uh so Juliet is, is still in, in the book. Um but yeah, Rosaline is has her has her fling with with Romeo and long story short, Romeo turns out to be a bit of a, a wrong and gaslighting Lothario. Oh no. Yeah, and Julia is very much a well, a thirteen year old who doesn't have a clue. Um so Rosaline's like the the straight talking voice of reason in the latter part of the book. Um she's very much love struck at the start as well. Um, and yeah, then it's, it's like a, pretty much a race to see if she can save Juliet before Romeo does the dirty. Okay. And, uh, Juliet goes down the same way as all of his other women that he's had, basically. Oh. (laughs) Um, so it's quite, it's quite an interesting story, um... I'm not going to tell you what happens, but yeah, it it was it was interesting, like having Romeo being uh, just like not a very nice person at all, um, and yeah, it has like all of the all of the characters from the the original thrown in there, and like the the way things that happen, yeah, the demise of Tybalt Tybalt for example like it's all in there and it's all 
sort of done in a in a slightly different way um so it was really interesting um i there was just something missing for me i think maybe it's just that i just just thought that the story the romeo and juliet is a bit of a rubbish story yeah no offense shakespeare but um, <laughs> he can't hear you <laughs> yeah it's true um i thought it, i thought it was an interesting concept pretty well done but it just didn't grab me okay it's not written in shakespearean mm. style language is it no it's kind of it's it's kind of a halfway house okay so i would say it's like modernized archaic language right okay like, which which i'm not sure whether i liked that or not right um it it definitely made for it being more accessible mm-hmm. but yeah it felt like we were teetering like like it it didn't quite know what it was okay for me um so yeah i don't know i think yeah it was it was well done but probably not for me but it does intrigue me i read a someone had described it as hamnet meets my dark vanessa which did intrigue me but then i kind of like you say you know the story of romeo and juliet so you know Mm. where it's going to end this is just going to be a different perspective on it and maybe a different view on him so yeah like how many retellings or untellings do we need of the same story yeah i'm not sure what it means by an untelling um I listened to I listen I listened to um the audiobook and there's a interview with the author afterwards. Um but I didn't really get much from it if I'm be- if I'm being honest. Like, I was listening, but <laughs> yeah, like that that was the one thing like what what why an untelling? I yeah, wonder if I it's don't... just cuz she was trying to kind of reframe his character through mm more modern eyes but Shakespeare is Shakespeare it was written hundreds of years ago it's yeah from a totally different time so it is it is yeah so this was one of my more meh reads this month it was it was fine but didn't grab me okay um I've got a little I guess another little kind of dark story this is Arms and Legs by Chloe Lane which we were sent by Gallic Books who sent us quite a few little books in the last few months mm. that I've enjoyed all of them. And um, I enjoyed this one also, spoiler alert. <laughs> it's a very easy little read, still with some kind of darkness. And it, I, the three words that I would use to describe it is short, dark, and honest. It feels really real and like a real kind of um, believable scenario, but also believable characters. So it's, we are inside the mind of Georgie, who is struggling in her marriage. Um, It's very early on in the book, we find out she's cheating on her husband. She's questioning kind of what she wants from life. So they're raising their young son in Florida, which is miles away from their native New Zealand. They both moved to America. She's um, a university lecturer, and they have this idea of building this kind of brave new life in America. She searching kind of for her own connections and things to try to step out of their little bubble. She takes part in a prescribed burn, which is where they um, purposefully burn areas of um, brushland and things like that 
so that they can stop uh, wildfires in in future months happening so they kind of burn all of the dead off the off the um forest floor so that it leaves a clear um area that can't be taken by wildfire and on this burn she uncovers the body of a young man who has been missing for a few months i think it is um he's a young man who's from her university so as soon as she finds his body she knows exactly who it who he is um and this discovery of the body serves almost as a kind of metaphor for this secret that she's keeping for herself it's been uncovered and it's this kind of um decaying secret that that will be discovered at any point and it's kind of eating her from the inside and it's it's really hard to because it's kind of a dark not thriller in any way but it's one of those psychological kind of books so I don't want to spoil anything not a great deal happens in terms of plot there isn't like a big dramatic story arc it's very much the kind of tight observation of um, their relationship together what it was before they had their child their relationship with their child and um, how you can build a life back up from decay (laughs) for want of a better phrase Um, so it's one of those where if you don't like the character then you're not going to be invested in it because it's all Georgie it's all what she thinks and what she feels but I think she was very relatable she felt very real and her and in fact like all of the supporting characters around her were really believable um it genuinely felt like you were just kind of living in someone else's little life for a few weeks and learning their thoughts and fears and the different reactions that she has to scenarios that she doesn't expect necessarily um I thought it was really really well done um it says on the back, it's an insightful excavation of love, desire, and relationships. And that's what it felt like. It felt like you were kind of like digging away at like just going past those layers. Um, yeah, I thought it was really great. I saw it said that there was dark humor in it. I didn't find it necessarily funny. Definitely not laugh out loud funny, but that kind of relatable um, day-to-day problems. I did, I, I kind of got that relatable side of things. So I'd recommend it. It was a good, easy read. I flew through it. Nice. I have another easy read uh, next, but it's been on my shelf for ages. So I wanted to get to it. And this is Careering by Daisy Buchanan. Um, I... Again, this was another... It was fine. <laughs> um, it's it, it was an easy read. It's uh, about... It's dual POV. So it's um, Imogen, who is trying to work her way up the career ladder working for a magazine. Um, she wants to be a writer for, for a magazine. Um, she's been struggling her way through unpaid internships and all of that kind of thing to get the right opportunities and then Harry who is she is the uh one of the higher ups at the uh, magazine who Imogen kind of idolizes a little bit uh but 
obviously everything isn't hunky-dory for her either because life (laughs) um and yeah so this the the book flits between the two of them as the there's a transitional period going on in within the company that they both work for um the era of print magazines obviously going kind of out the window mm-hmm. so it's uh, about whether they can get over that hurdle um so they they basically launch a, a feminist website um called the no uh, and imogen who is um she has like a, a sex blog that she uh, writes on on the side she's put front and center basically on this feminist website um and then various bits and bobs happen and there's drama etc etc um again this you know what i i did zip through this and i thought there was some pretty insightful little snippets on the the workplace and how how we're meant to feel about our careers and mm-hmm. it I come from quite a different background so I'm not sure it necessarily resonated with me but I think that there were things that most people would be able to take um and, and feel an affinity with um so I thought she did quite a she, she did a good job with with that and I I did like both of the characters um the end of it which i'm not gonna say all felt a little bit uh a a bit much okay um so i think i i kind of took a a star off for it feeling a little it ended up feeling a bit ridiculous to me okay um but it was like good just modern lit pick it was fine again didn't blow me away but i didn't dislike it in any way shape or form it was like a fine read okay <laughs> i almost wonder whether that's like harder to talk about isn't it that a book Maybe, that you're just like yeah yeah it was okay because at least if you've got strong feelings against it you've got yeah. something like passionate to say it is yeah. really hard to talk about a book where you're just like yeah it wasn't bad but like it didn't <laughs> offend me in any way shape or form i it it didn't i didn't have much in common with it i think some people will yeah it's hard because like <laughs> some people will really like it some people yeah that's what's great about books yeah <laughs> And we've got another one. We've got another one next. (laughs) Speaking of. (laughs) Speak of the weirdo and the weirdo will appear. This is uh, Weirdo by Sarah Pascoe, which we were both sent surprise copies of. I don't think I I asked for this. Oh, I did, yeah. Oh, well, I've got you to thank for it because I thoroughly enjoyed this book. (laughs) I messaged Rhiannon halfway through reading it and went, so I'm reading Weirdo. You're going to hate it. Yeah. And I think I was right. Was I right? Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> I I started off like thinking it's it's an easy enough read. I can't like I can't hate it that much. And then as we got further and further through, oh, I just uh, I I just didn't like the protagonist in any way shape or form. I didn't want to hear 
all of her weird thoughts. <laughs> I had n- nothing in common with her. I was just like, this is mad. If people's brains work like this, this is absolute madness. I, I can't. Why do I want to be inside this brain? <laughs> it's far more confusing than my own. Um, it's meant to be funny. Sarah Pascoe is a comedian, and I, I, I quite like Sarah Pascoe. I've got nothing against Sarah Pascoe in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, but I only laughed once. Um, and for like a funny book, I don't think laughing once is. Oh no, by laugh, I mean, I mean hmm, that kind <laughs> of laugh rather than a ha 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 laugh. Um, so it just didn't do anything for me. Okay, yeah, sorry. I mean, I will agree with you that I didn't find this particularly funny either. But I think that's because this was so close to home for me that... <laughs> um, so, yeah, like when you said, why would you want to be inside that brain? Hi, my name's Hannah and that is my brain. Um, yeah. So we should probably just kind of very quickly explain what the book is about. Well, although actually there isn't a huge plot to this book. No. This is another one where it's you're basically just living inside this person's head for a few weeks, months, however long. Um, yeah. And... It's, I didn't feel like there was very much resolution at the end. I didn't feel like there was no. a beginning and a middle and an end. Um, no. But I I did have a soft spot for Sophie, who's the protagonist. She, although d- I understand that she didn't come across as very likable. And that's one of the reasons why I kind of messaged you. And I was like, I don't, like, she isn't a likable character. I had a soft spot for her because I understood everything that was mad that was going on in her brain. Um but yeah, it was a little bit close to home for me. There was a, I I think I'd put it in my text to you that there was a, um, like a school report halfway through, which literally could have like come out of my mum's attic. It was 100% my brain. And so I really felt for her because I know how exhausting it is to have that chaos in your head all the time. But yeah, plot wise, n- nothing major. So if you like a chaotic character and to kind of, I don't know, I guess feel a bit better about your own life at the end of the book, <laughs> then maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's screaming that she's got some sort of neurodivergence, 100%, and like maybe elements of like OCD, um, definite anxiety, things like that. So it's definitely like representation of that. But um yeah, I enjoyed it, but because more right because I had a soft spot and I felt like seen in my chaos. Yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't the yeah, comedy I... that I was expecting from Sarah Pascoe. No, same. I think that was the thing. Like, I, I really wanted it to be, <laughs> to be funnier. Um, yeah. Never mind. Never yeah. mind. I, I liked. I liked her writing. I have not read any of her non-fiction Sarah no. Pascoe's non-fiction um which is meant to be great mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd still be up for up for reading that because I don't think the writing itself was bad at all I, I think it was just not subject matter that I cared about yeah or wanted to read about yeah the writing was great and I think like for me she felt like a very believable character I think I'd pick this one up as like a palate cleanser after I'd read quite a heavy book thinking, (laughs) oh, well, this will be like the rom-com kind of light relief. And then it really wasn't. I enjoyed it still, but it was not what I was expecting it to be at all. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Well, if you want a sort of rom rom com type thing, then I think the next one is probably one that you should should pick up. So this is, I would say, the next two that I'm going to speak about have been my highlights in a sort of sea of meh. Uh, <laughs> over the last few few weeks, so so this one is impossible by Sarah Lotts, and I can't say too much about it because there's a big twist in it that happens kind of early on, but it's better if you don't know anything about it, right? Um, but it's it's a romantic comedy. For, for non-romance lovers, I think. It's not got the ick. It's not got all of the tropes that you would normally find in a romance. It's got very real-feeling people. So um, it's about Nick and B, who essentially strike up a friendship after his email accidentally goes to her. Um, and most of the book is told through email correspondence okay um but it's i i listened to the audiobook which i would highly highly recommend it was really well done um read from their their different perspectives and uh it yeah it just it made it made a it very understandable uh, where where we were and, and what was going on at the time um and yeah i i just felt like it was the perfect kind of modern day romance with an interesting twist and yeah no no vomit or ick and it was funny at times it was really heartwarming and sad at times as well um yeah, it was it it was just a really well balanced book. I think I gave this four stars, but I I don't know. I I might upgrade it to a five star because I think it was just it was different and yeah. and I was totally engaged in it. And yeah, and big big props to the the audio book that was really really well done. Okay, um, and I was totally immersed. I think you would enjoy it. Well, yeah, I was going to say so. I I put this on my list. But now that you've said the audiobook, I'm pleased that I haven't started it yet because I think I'll do the audiobook rather than getting yeah. the physical, physical yeah. boy. I think I think you'll enjoy that. Um, so yeah, that's probably my my highlight of the of the last few weeks. Oh, like it's I said, all downhill but, from here. <laughs> well, no. Having having said that, the the next book that I read, um, which is Crazy Rich Asians by Kevin Kwan, mm-hmm. also I very much enjoyed. This was my escapist kind of read so I love a bit of seeing how the other half live and by the other half I mean probably like the one percent of these are super the super rich in Asia so it's mostly set in uh, Singapore and as as we know Singapore is somewhere that you go where you when you have a lot of money and um yeah, it's uh, again. This is a, a romance, a, a love story um, between uh, between Rachel, who's an, a normie. She she's a, a university lecturer, 
uh, in New York and her other half who is also a Nick actually I was just looking I was like, I've just had a Nick um, but this one's also a Nick a Nicholas um, and he also works at the university and she doesn't know anything about his family situation until he invites her to go and spend the summer in Singapore uh, to attend a wedding of one of his friends um, and there she discovers that he is loaded and <laughs> a very uh, he's seen as like a very eligible bachelor in uh, Singapore and there's loads of uh, like middle-aged women wanting to marry their daughters off to to him um, and yeah it's basically just like a, a glimpse into that world and how the hell Rachel comes to terms with being thrown into that and there's some lovely people that are uh, within the the very rich family it's it's there's a big family tree as well at the beginning which was helpful actually because there's quite a lot of different people that we um flit around and sort of learn about the family history mm-hmm. through um so yeah there's some some lovely people some right wrong uns <laughs> as you could imagine um yeah it was what surprised me the the thing that i i think has really put me off reading this is that it's it's teeny tiny print um for something that i presumed it was going to be like chick lit light read uh when i actually opened it up i was like oh no i can't read that it's too small <laughs> so um so i finally got around to it again this is one that's been on my list for a while um and there's just so much detail in it that it the writing is amazing i think it's been so well done there's like i could visualize absolutely everything he's put loads of historical little uh information in the footnotes there's lots of uh different language references as well um so i really i really liked that it was it felt very immersive um and yeah i i I just appreciated the that it didn't it it didn't feel surface level at all given that it it's such a it can be such a surface level kind of world where yeah yeah only only those things the materialistic side of things matters um so yeah i really 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 enjoyed it definitely want to read that there's two more books um and i'm interested to see the movie as well because some people have said it's good and some people said it's terrible compared to the book so I'm interested in that. So yeah, those those are my two books that I've enjoyed. Okay. Um, <laughs> of late. Um so yeah, I've got another one. I'm I'm doing a quick quick fire round. Yeah, well I I don't know why I'd put you next for this. But I think in my head because I was like, "Oh, I can talk about this book too because I've also read this, but I also don't remember anything about it." So <laughs> Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so this this one is a short short one. On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong. Um, and okay, so this this for me was a case of style over substance, and me feeling like maybe I'm too thick for it. <laughs> okay, so it's only a short little book, and I don't know whether. So it's basically, it's 
are written in the form of a letter, isn't it? From a son to a mother. Yeah. And it's a Vietnamese, um, Vietnamese family, basically, uh, but living in America. Mm-hmm. And um, he kind of charts his growing up and coming of age, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but it's written in very beautiful flowery poetic language um which is fine it it is very beautiful um and i just don't think it worked for me as like a a a book like a book of prose yeah i think i think i would have appreciated this more if i had re- had read it in little chunks like it was poetry Mm -hmm. whereas i kind of felt like i was battling through to read it it's 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 written pretty much in consistent prose there's a couple of bits that are are different um but yeah i kind i just struggled to see the point yeah of it i wonder I wonder when I saw that you go. What did you rate this? Was it, did you rate it two stars on Goodreads? Yeah. I was stalking, um, <laughs> and I wonder whether because you've read some great books about Vietnamese history, mm. I think that might be you had those incredible, like really deep. Um, yes, I I genuinely think that might be what the disconnect is. Yeah, because there isn't that depth with this book. From what I remember, it's very much just there not just their story because obviously everyone's book is just their story but it's it is kind of a um i don't know there's no fleshing out of the of the world yeah yeah exactly it, i think it is very yeah it's a personal tale of a slightly strange and chaotic childhood mm-hmm. where his his mother's obviously uh got some sort of mental illness mm-hmm. um and i would hazard a guess that his grandmother also did and that side of things isn't really explored a great deal which i found slightly strange given that it was a letter to his mum do you know what i mean like yeah. i i figured that that it would speak a little bit more to that relate those relationships like the I presume if you're writing a letter like that to your mum that may or may not ever get read, mm-hmm. um, probably, I mean, it says in the book, probably will not ever get read. But I feel like the purpose of that should be some sort of catharsis, right? Yeah. And to me, the content of the letter, in inverted commas, didn't seem like it would be a catharsis of any sort regarding their relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's that, I mean, that's just what I I took from it. So I, I might be completely wrong. It it felt like it was more like a, maybe an exploration of the writer's sexuality and those kind of relationships more so than with his mum. Yeah, or grandparents or whatever. So yeah, it I it I just struggled to figure out why. Yeah, I think I get that. I get that. Yeah, yeah. 
so i think it's i, I do think it's beautiful writing like it's it's very poetic but yeah it style over substance is what came to mind for me unfortunately with this one okay i've got now we're on the real down i promise we are going to finish on a some somewhat positive note um, <laughs> But my my next book is one that you've also read. My, yeah. I'm just waving it. Magpie um, by Elizabeth Day. And I bought this so long ago that I own the hardback, which is literally yeah. like... <laughs> um, and I think I bought it just for um, aesthetic purposes, probably yeah, in Tesco pretty. somewhere. Um, it's a thriller, so I can't say a huge amount. And also Rhiannon's talked about this in some other episode. I can't remember what go back and check it out ages <laughs> um it's i was i was disappointed with this one yeah and so the main voices that we have is uh, marissa and kate kate wants a baby and marissa is pregnant and they both live with jake i won't say anything about the capacity in which they live with him because that would maybe spoil things but i um I struggle to care about either or any of them. Um, and I felt like it was like, there's one twist too many in this book. Okay. Is how I, so I I will admit, I was surprised the first, I, when I first started reading it, I was like, I know where this is going. Yeah. You can't yeah, yeah. fool me. I know what's going on here. Um, and I was surprised and at that point, I was like, okay, I get what we're doing and this is going to be fun. And then there was another twist and then there was a different part. And it felt like there was like extra sections tacked yeah. on that I didn't need, didn't enhance the story. And if anything, detracted from it. Yeah. So um, the writing was interesting and yes, great first twist, but it just felt not, it just felt but not badly done, but just it was too um, overworked. Okay. It felt like you should have just written it and gone with it and sent it out, but it felt like it had been gone back to and oh, you got to add a bit more and we've got to add a bit of this and and I that's okay. it lost me a little bit. So, if I'm being honest, I cannot remember it for the life of me. Can't like I, I can't remember what happened. Can't remember any twists. So. I don't know whether I liked it or not. <laughs> Literally can't remember it. Yeah, I think I gave it two stars because like the concept itself was interesting. And that first twist, I was like, yeah, yeah, amazing. I'm down for this. But it felt then like, almost like there was a word count. So she had to just keep adding stuff to kind of get to the point of like, yeah, it was, it was disappointing. It's a very pretty book and I'll keep it on my shelf because it's lovely, but not, not great. Okay. Uh, so what I'd said, I I I th I enjoyed this. I'm just having a little little look back at my review. Okay. Um, that I liked the twist, but I thought it came too early in the book, and then nothing much else happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that first twist was the one that I was like, "Yes, great. Here we go." Yeah. And then it's like she almost unpicks the twist. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah." Oh. I just stick with it. Like, I don't need you to kind of over it, overworked it. Is That's how I would describe it. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that the um, the take on 
it was the take on infertility that I quite, I quite, in, I didn't enjoy it, but I found, <laughs> I found to be like an interesting uh, and unflinching take on it. So I think that's what I took from it. The first twist and the fact that, yeah, it's written, that side of things is written very well and in detail. Yeah, and it was like a refreshing take on it as well. There was a lot of kind mm. of talk of um, how the pressure that women feel to reproduce and um, if things don't go exactly the way that you expect them to or want them to, those feelings of, um, I don't know, yeah, I guess the kind of feelings of self-doubt and things like that, which... Sure. I am a mother of three. I'm a fertile myrtle. I do not have those feelings but that felt real and refreshing so I um I yeah. really did quite I quite like that which I think is why I gave it two stars and not just one yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the uh that's the kindness that I give you one extra star this one I wish yeah. my next one sorry I'm going into it already because I'm yeah, I'm it. ready to tell you how much I hated this book if I could have <laughs> given this book like minus something on Goodreads I would have done um, oh dear. <laughs> and I almost feel bad giving it any time on our very precious podcast. <laughs> this is American Psycho by Brett Easton mm-hmm. Ellis, which I've, I haven't had on my shelf for a long time. My partner has had this on his shelf for a long time and I'm trying not to read into that because <laughs> um, it's right. literally awful. I really enjoyed the film. I'm a fan of American Psycho. I'm a fan of... Um, like toxic characters I don't have a problem with um graphic violence anything like that really doesn't bother me but this was literally written horrendously um I don't know whether I'm the only one but I was a kid that used to like browse the Argos catalog when I was younger and like cut out things that I wanted and make mm-hmm. lists of stuff that I wanted for Christmas and the sure. first 50 percent of this book is just a list of brands and items he lists in detail the make of his shoes, the make of his coffee machine, the make of his table, the make of his sofa. And I was so bored, I didn't understand the point of it. No. I think it was maybe to show that it's the kind of capitalist greed of 1980s America, but it's not uh-huh. interesting. It's not fun to read. And then the rest of the book was just horrible graphic violence and sexism. And I have no idea how this is called a cult classic cool i've written in my notes (laughs) there's another c word that i would use to describe this book and cult (laughs) is not it (laughs) um maybe it was maybe someone just uh (laughs) just typo wrong thing it's a bit of a typo one day and then and then it's yeah and then all of a sudden we're all subjected to reading this awful book so save yourselves, everybody, and do not bother. Great. Thank you for saving, <laughs> saving me some time. Um, so, yeah, I feel a bit bad. I, don't, I didn't want to end on a negative note. So this is the kind of positive note, which is the counterbalance to the last book. Um, it's one that I, I posted my review just this morning for this one, mm-hmm. and it's a nonfiction book by um, Soma Sarah. It's called, or Soma Sarah, apologies. Um, everyone's Invited. And I think we were sent this one by the publisher a while back, but it's one of those that I never got around to picking up off the shelf. And I'm um, I'm really annoyed at myself that I didn't because I think it's actually a really interesting and important book. 
So it's a collection of non-fiction essays about uh, rape culture in the UK, which I know doesn't sound very positive. <laughs> um, but <laughs> the conversations that it opens, I think, is really um, important and, and quite a positive step forwards. So she started a website in 2020 which was kind of a safe space for survivors of sexual assault and sexual harassment to share their stories and as a result of her findings started going into schools and universities and educating children and teachers about the um, culture of harassment and worse that seemed to becoming kind of endemic within those institutions where young people should feel the safest um, and she kind of recognises that it's the uh, increase in the online presence and yeah. online messaging, the pressures on girls to send nudes, the rating of girls by like a hotness scale, but also mm. the accessibility of like violent pornography for younger and younger boys. Um so she really wanted to just kind of open this conversation and say, like, if we accept these kind of gateway um, behaviors, you're almost making a space where the worst behaviors are not accepted, but yeah. they're not really considered with the kind of severity that they should be. Um, yeah. So this is a collection of essays in which she talks about um, her experience talking to parents and uh, students and um, young people and one of the things that she want, kind of makes really clear is that it's not a book that's designed to cancel anyone that kind of cancel culture of like one mistake and you're done but more understanding that the that the young boys and young men don't understand that these things are wrong and it's educating them and giving the chance to for them to better themselves which I think is a really different way of framing it compared to other yeah. books on the topic. Um, so I think it was really, really interesting. I listened, I part listened to the audiobook, which is narrated by the author, um, and part read it. And I would recommend either. They're both really well done, really accessible, okay. um, and not in any way like sensationalizing. Sometimes I think there's yeah. like angry language used and... Um, yeah this isn't that it's very much acknowledging that like it's wider than just kind of yeah. one one point to the problem it's it's all of it and if we talk about all of it we fix the big stuff so yeah. i think yeah. that's the thing that i i reading your review like it it seems like it's not an inflammatory book it's more of like a okay so how do we fix this yeah kind of Book, yeah and it's about um, acknowledging which... that like the things that um young boys are exposed to online and the things that are yeah. normalized for them almost puts them in a position of not knowing yeah. how to behave any differently yeah yeah um so yeah i think it's really important and really like tight little interesting collection of essays i thought that you can read them all separately or like i did i just blasted through the whole thing because i was like so invested but um yeah yeah i think she's the uh the antithesis of the the american psycho <laughs> right good fab all right well on that note then we'll we'll wrap up so um hopefully 
the next short stories episode will be filled with some slightly more positive I feel generally it's been a bit of a meh episode for me but with with some little shining lights in there as well yeah um but I like I like to be positive so it's it pains me when I'm I'm not feeling like really yeah. gung-ho psyched about, about. Yeah, yeah exactly gung-ho I don't think I've yes. used that term I'm from the famous five hello <laughs> <laughs> So our next episode is going to be about um, it. Yeah. <laughs> the Stephen King novel, It. Um, which, just having to, to clarify that. <laughs> you confused um, me. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm sorry. So yeah, we're, we're going to tackle that absolute monster of a book for our October featured read and we're hoping to read it in quite a short time window as well which I'm a little bit scared about so I'm just gonna have to quit work for a bit tell everyone that I can't do any gigs sorry all I'm gonna do is read <laughs> I'm, I'm reading Stephen King yeah I've never read any Stephen King so I'm really excited about it it's um yeah I can't believe I'm that's the one that about you picked it. the first Stephen King and it's like 1300 pages long yeah it's really long <laughs> it's really long well I think that's why I, want, I wanted to have like a, a support network okay yeah <laughs> to drag you through it yeah pretty much so yeah that's going to be uh, interesting and uh, a little bit different I'm sure um, so yeah look forward to that uh, but until then we'll speak at you later thanks for listening guys bye hi there thank you so much for listening to two girls one book podcast if you like what you heard we would love for you to like follow rate subscribe in fact just all all that good stuff please would be fantastic you can also find us on instagram at two girls one book pod so come and follow us over there as well Happy reading and join us next time.